a little praise and worship. We'd like for you to just worship with us. Um, the lyrics are, I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you. Oh, my soul, rejoice. Take joy, my king, in what you hear. Let it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. And then we'll go into We Exalt Thee. You probably know that one. Okay, are you ready? All right, let's get our minds and our spirits and our hearts in the right place. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to
couple pieces for you this morning. Um, we're going to begin with um, Psalm 23, or oh, one song, so we're going to do um, Kirk Franklin then. Psalm 23 for now. Rock, pop rock, in a nice minor mode.
prepare at the table before me in the presence of my enemy. Thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all of the days of my life. And I'm gonna dwell in the house of the morning to chapel. We hope that this morning you may be able to join us in reflecting and praying and uh, also worshiping our God. This morning uh, we have one of our I guest speaker. Um, he's from South Bend. His name is Jonathan Miller, uh, youth pastor. And we hope that this morning you can also listen to the words that God has given him. We also welcome our board of directors uh, here this morning with us. And we hope that you may continue with us in prayer uh, at this point, we'll be praying in Spanish and also in English. May you bow our heads with me. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, so much for the opportunities you give us, opportunities you give us to worship you, to honor you, to listen to your voice. Father, and we've gathered this morning to hear you. Father, we pray that you may guide us and you may be with us this morning as we worship and as we hear your word. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray this. Bendito Dios, Santo Señor, gracias. Gracias porque tú nos das tu misericordia cada día. Y porque nuevas son cada mañana para con nosotros. Padre, te damos las gracias por habernos traído aquí en esta mañana para poder alabar tu nombre, poder glorificarte y poder escuchar de tu misericordia y de tu bondad una vez más. Padre, te pedimos que en el nombre de tu amado Jesucristo tú nos guíes y nos des tu palabra, oh Señor, y nos llenes de tu, de tu Espíritu Santo. En el nombre de tu Hijo amado Jesucristo te lo pedimos. Amen. Amen. Good morning, everyone. For this month, the Multicultural Affairs Office has been engaged in a theme called the hip-hop culture. For Martin Luther King Day, we had the privilege of inviting the Asante Children's Theater. On today, we have a youth pastor from South Bend, my youth pastor, from Faith Apostolic Ministries, who will present the word of God for us. But at the same time, we believe that hip-hop is very engaging and very interactive. Therefore, we want you to be involved in this worship experience. Voices in Harmony is going to lead us into the next selection, and it's called Our God is an Awesome God. He is an awesome God. And you may be familiar with the more traditional song, Our God is an Awesome God. He reigns from heaven above. But we're going to sing it in a more hip-hop way. But we're going to ask you to stand up on your feet. And normally, we have a band behind us, and we have some things going on. We don't have that on this morning, so we got to energize the place, okay? I can see people are dragging in, okay? But we've got to make sure that we're engaged in this time of worship. But I truly believe that our God is awesome. <laughs> and we have to sing like he's an awesome God. So what we're going to do is we're going to get a corporate rock. So I want everyone to follow me. First, we're going to get the rock down pack. Add the clap.
Psalms 26 reminds us that this is a generation who seeks him. At this time, I'm going to ask for Billy Clements and Essie Cujo to come forth and introduce our speaker for this morning. Good morning, my name is Essie Cujo and I'm a senior nursing student from Ghana, West Africa. My name is Billy Clements, I'm a junior business major and I'm from Chicago. You know, Billy, since I moved to Goshen College, I've been attending Faith Apostolic Ministries in South Bend, and I really, really love my church. I know, Izzy. I love it too, especially every third Sunday, you know, the feel of this collard green, fried chicken, <laughs> you know, all this good stuff. I know some of you are hungry. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> we drive every Sunday for 40 minutes to hear our youth pastor, Jonathan Miller, better known as YPJ. I'm so excited because YPJ is here this morning at Goshen College, and he's our speaker for convocation today. And I just have to say this, YPJ's ministry has influenced my life in many ways. You know, my first year in Goshen, I was going through a rough time, especially my spiritual life. But the first time I saw and heard YPJ preaching, you know, we, he connected to me in many different ways. You know, there's no many youth pastors that will connect to young people like me, like he did. That is great, Billy. My college experience has been greatly enriched by youth pastor Jonathan as well. He has been teaching, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and ministering in music to thousands of young, of people, young and old, all over the nation through his dynamic singing group called Flesh Versus Christ. He is also a husband, a father, and son of the pastor Eddie L. Miller and sister Diana Miller and it is indeed an honor to have him here with us this morning. So please join us in welcoming our speaker for this morning, Youth Pastor Jonathan. Good morning. Good morning. Just so y'all know, I was born in South Bend, but I'm a resident of the metropolis of Goshen, Indiana. <laughs> Goshen is the only place that if you get lost, you can just call somebody and say, turn your porch light on, I can't find my way. <laughs> but we are progressive because I have seen some horses and carriages with rims on them now, so we coming up. <laughs> Spinners on a carriage. But <laughs> the horse has got gold teeth. But it's, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's really good to be here with you all this morning. I appreciate the opportunity. I've got to behave myself. The board of directors is here. So I don't want to get anybody in trouble. But uh, no, but honestly, we have a short period of time. I thank Dr. O for this opportunity to share with you all today. Um, they were discussing the hip hop culture and the influences, the effects, and our desire is to reverse a scenario. A lot of you watch BET, MTV, VH1, VH1, Soul, VH1 Rock, on and on and so forth. Right now, if you look at it statistically, with the music industry, the clothing that we wear. The hip hop culture is having a massive and a major effect on everything that goes on in society. You can watch car commercials, you can watch toothpaste commercials and somebody's rapping, you know? Hey, hey, what do you say? Don't need tooth decay, it's always something. Hip hop <laughs> is everywhere, you, it's, it's everywhere. No matter who you are, 
Somebody knows something about hip-hop. Hip-hop has influenced us so much that we've taken common phrases, and a lot of you are not necessarily familiar with a lot of the songs out, but a lot of the phrases that we use, you know you messed up when your grandma says, ooh, I like your bling bling. It just becomes <laughs> common culture. I told somebody, whenever my father figures out a hip-hop phrase, that means it's too old, nobody ever needs to use it again. My mother is obsessed with the term, that's the bomb. I'm like, so. Hip-hop affects us regardless of how we want to deal with it or not. Now, let's be honest. The first thing we have to approach is all the negativities involved with it. You all see it. Yes, there's a lot of vulgarity. Yes, there's a lot of profanity. Yes, we've seen a lot of violent images, things of that nature. But let us understand this, that hip-hop is not music. Hip-hop truly has become a culture, a way of life for people, a language, uh, a style of dress, a style of walking, attitude. And for this reason, we have to approach it as Christians in a very different manner. We don't want to come across judgmental because one thing is for certain, when you don't understand the nature of a culture, you can try to make yourself seem more dominant than the culture. I thought it was awesome that the young brother came up and he prayed in Spanish. And I just want to say, I caught good morning, I think, and uh, gracias. I caught them. I got a D minus in Spanish. I caught those too. But uh, <laughs> pray for me. But I... Uh, <laughs> When you understand the nature of a culture, you have a tendency of being a little bit more open-minded. When hip-hop originally started, they created a music called rap music. Rap music was an expression where individuals would look at the things around them in their society and write it down in a poetic fashion to kind of deal with the fact that many of them were raised in poverty-stricken homes, they weren't eating, they had drug abuse all around them, domestic situations. That's why songs like The Message came out back in the 80s. Don't push me, cause I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. <laughs> it's like a joke, sometimes it makes me wonder how I keep going at it. It was truly a song that was meant to bring attention to the negativity and the things that were around them. They weren't glorifying the projects. They weren't glorifying alcoholism. They weren't glorifying crack cocaine. They weren't glorifying abuse. What they were doing was crying out for help. Now, over time frame, hip-hop, which didn't have a lot of money and it wasn't exposed, MTV didn't play the stuff, it wasn't on the radio, you had to get it underground music-wise, uh, somebody caught on and said, you know what, this is, this is interesting. Because also along with the rap music, they came up with a style of dance called breaking. And breaking, y'all know, do all that. I can't do it. But breaking, they had a whole style of dancing where they were able to spin on their heads, spin on their backs. It was a form of expression. Uh, uh, graffiti came out where they began to draw on the walls because there were those that were artistically gifted, but they didn't have necessarily the finances needed for them to go to school and pursue a, a career in art. So they would go to the trains and take spray paint. And they have, if you've ever looked on the internet or you've ever been to NYC, places like that, and you see some of the work that they have done. There are artists that have died to create images on trains. They've been hit by trains, killed, because they believe in the art form that much. Hip-hop became rap. It became dance. It became art. It became language and lingo. It became 15-minute handshakes of doing this, that, and the other. I mean, honestly, I don't see how some of y'all do it. I have arthritis by the time I was done shaking somebody's hand. It became sports. It became athletics. You can turn on now, and I'm excited. If you're anything like me, I'm a big basketball fan. March Madness is coming. Now they've got Talib Kweli rapping about March Madness. It's just always around us. It's everywhere we are. It's everywhere we go. It's in our movies because somebody figured out it was marketable. 
So what happened was, over a period of time, the music, the art, the dance became contaminated because people started to think, well, maybe it is cool for me to shoot somebody. Where the original person that wrote the song about violence said, I really think it's horrible that we have all of this violence in our society. And in their cry for help, someone misinterpreted it as, yo, that's cool, I need a gun, I need to shoot somebody. I mean, Goshen, we do drive-bys and horses and carriage, cloppity-clop, bang-bang, that's how we do. <laughs> Always something. But in actuality, it really did start as a cry for help that developed into a complete culture. So now people are born into this thing, and they don't know that there's a lot of history behind it. Now, it has, and I have a short period of time, so I have to kind of cut corners, y'all. It has been contaminated severely. There are so many negative images, so many things that were once innocent. There's a song called the Lappy Tappy Song. Those of you that have been around, y'all know the little lean with it uh, and rock with it. Uh, you know, some of y'all were struggling when the choir was like, rock back and forth and clap. Was like... <laughs> I saw y'all. I mean, y'all was bumping shoulders. And then I see my man in the green jacket. He got rhythm, so he down there like. <laughs> see? <laughs> but the song came out, it's called the Laffy Taffy song. Now, to my remembrance, when I was a little kid growing up, Laffy Taffy cost about a dime. You go to the store, you get the stuff, strawberry, grape, it was great. Get stuck in your teeth, your mom would get mad. The whole song is Laffy Taffy no longer represents candy, it is sexual involvement. It is a girl's genitalia. So when I say shake your Laffy Taffy, I'm saying, you know, shake your private part. Well, hip-hop took that term, which was just a normal term of candy, and turned it into something else. Um, and that's another negative reflection on it, because it's been contaminated. So now, because the image is so glorified of the negativity involved with it, our desire is, let's just get rid of it. Let's just completely eradicate. Let's get rid of it. This hip-hop thing is horrible. It's, it's just terrible. Your parents are upset with you. But do you realize that a lot of y'all's parents are like, you shouldn't listen to hip-hop. They don't even realize. Do you know that the 70s music was more negatively influential than hip-hop is? It really was because this is a generation that never killed a president. This is a generation that has, you know, we, the, the experiment. I mean, come on. I, I talk to my parents all the time. Drug abuse is just wrong, period. But they was doing stuff back in the day. It was like, what was y'all thinking? Just drinking straight bleach trying to get high. I mean, it was <laughs> crazy. I'm like, wow, no, honestly. <laughs> so the negative influence, the enemy has found a way to always take anything that there's an open door and make it negative. Our desire is not to completely eliminate the hip hop culture, but to completely revamp it and reconstruct it and rehabilitate it. Because one thing is for certain about a culture, it's a lot easier to somewhat uh, rehabilitate a culture or modernize a culture as opposed to eliminating a culture. Because anytime you talk about eliminating something, there's going to be have to have to be some act of violence. There's going to be have, there's going to have to be some act of death. Because in order to get rid of someone's way of life, a lot of times you're just going to have to take them out. Our desire as Christians is to be like Christ, who said, "I come that you might have life and have it more abundantly." The thief cometh to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So the Lord began to give me a revelation and began to deal with my heart. And the Bible talks about Jonah, who received a word from the Lord. Y'all know Jonah in the whale. We have Jonah's fish fry, you know, uh, Jonah in the whale. And Jonah was given a word from the Lord and said, Jonah, I want you to go to a city called Nineveh, and I want you to preach against it. Their sin is just horrible. They do everything under the sun. 
Well, those of you that study the history of Nineveh, Nineveh was a place where Christians were not welcome. You went to Nineveh, they cut your head off, and not only did they cut it off, they put it in the front of the city for everybody to see what they did to you. They were just downright hardcore evil, didn't like Christians, didn't like nothing about Christ, and Jonah had a bad attitude about it. So two things, he might have been a little scared, but also he didn't want to go because a lot of his friends had been murdered and killed. Jonah decided not to go. Nineveh was under such, uh, the Bible says their sin was so great that it, became, it came before the nostrils of God. He wanted them gone. Well, long story short, Jonah didn't want to go. Y'all, most of you know the story. He went down, got on the boat, going to Tarshish. Uh, the storm came. They was like, why is this storm here? Jonah said, it's my fault. I'm being disobedient to God. Throw me off the boat. They threw him off the boat. Willie the whale was waiting for him. Willie the whale swallows Jonah up. Jonah's in there with a candle like Pinocchio. No, I'm just kidding. And just <laughs> sitting there like, yo, I need to get out of here. So finally, Jonah, you know, God hears his cry. The whale throws Jonah up. He goes to Nineveh. The Bible says that Jonah begins to preach to Nineveh that their sin is wrong and what they're doing is not right and they need to change. And instead of God destroying Nineveh, which was in his original intent, was to just wipe them out like he did Sodom and Gomorrah, he listens because the king of Nineveh says, I tell you what, if we repent and we fast and we change our ways, will your God show us mercy? And Jonah's like, we'll see what happens. Well, everybody in the whole entire city is told you can't eat anything. We've got to fast. We have to break our flesh. We have to change. The king is so bold that he even says the animals can't eat. You got dogs walking around like, I ain't even do nothing. And they can't eat. I mean, they're upset. Everybody's angry. Nobody can eat. But the king was so determined to save the culture that he said, you know what? We've got to change. God saw their heart was sincere, and he forgave that entire civilization and allowed them to live. My desire is not to go into the streets and the highways and the byways and completely tell people that are uh, in the, involved in hip-hop culture, you're wrong. We need to refocus the energy. Think about it, y'all. Jay-Z can have a concert and draw 30,000 people. That's a powerful influence. But wouldn't it be awesome if we could get Jay-Z to stop looking at himself as Jehovah and to really learn to serve Jehovah and draw that same 30,000 people and give them a positive message? So instead of us saying, we need to get rid of Jay-Z, no, we need to help Jay-Z to convert. Y'all feel me? You have Beyonce who, I don't care if you're black or white, Beyonce, fine. Hands down, I'm married, but she fine. I didn't say I was going after her. But if you get Beyonce to change her message from, you know, got me looking so crazy right now and stop talking about a necessarily a guy, but to focus on Christ, then how many people that follow Beyonce will be willing to say, you know what, I want to change like she did? Because it was the king's declaration that made a culture change. If you want to get the people to change, you have to change the leaders. Our desire is to be like David and Goliath. Goliath told David, I'm going to take this sword and I'm going to cut your head off, little boy. But David said, no, I'm going to take your sword and cut your head off. Because God's desire is for us to take the very weapons that the enemy tries to use against us to turn around and use on him. And that's something that a lot of y'all can understand. And those of you that are about to graduate and you get stressed out and you feel pressure and it's like, what am I going to do after I get out of school? Always know God is able to take the very things that would try to be a distraction to you, turn it around and use it against the very pressures of life and say, I'm not going to let this discourage me. I'm going to let it motivate me. I will be a success. I will graduate on time. I will be the best at what I can be. And that's our desire with the hip hop culture. So tonight when you guys come out to the concert and you hear a lot of singing and and, and, and energy. We're young. I mean, most of us anyway are young. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> like, except it. No, we're young. But I mean, let's be real. A lot of y'all come in this chapel and you're like, 
you know, this church thing, I'm, I'm just going to lay back and uh, just be quiet. And as soon as you get outside, hey, Jake, man, meet me over at the... Because we have energy and we want to release it and let it out. And a lot of times we feel like it's wrong for us to be young and vibrant. But I don't know about y'all, man. I'm glad to be alive. Every time I get to breathe oxygen in, I just want to let it all out. I mean, when I watch television, I yell at the referee like I'm at the game. I mean, I mean, honestly, I'm like, what, what, are, you, what are you looking at? So, I mean, that's who we are. And the hip-hop culture is a very expressive culture that needs to be retaught. There are good children that you look and see them. They're influenced by this negativity, but they're not bad kids. They just need to be retaught. There are young men and young women out there that you look at them, their faces all scrooged up like, mm, I'm mad at the world. But it's because they don't have a mother, and they don't have a father, and they don't know what it means to be loved. And the only thing they have is Jay-Z or a Busta Rhymes or whoever. And for that reason, we as Christians can't be so quick to say, destroy it. We've got to be like Christ and say, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. So our desire is to revamp the hip-hop culture. Our desire is to bring about a new sensation, to bring Jesus into that thing. Because I believe anything you bring Jesus into, it, it can be a very, 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 very good thing. I, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. I used to run the streets. I was a pretty bad kid. I knew better, but I was a pretty bad kid. But when I really accepted Christ in my life, and that's why I wear this T-shirt to say popular Jesus, my desire is to make Jesus popular again. He's not just a guy who taught. He's not just a guy with good lessons, but he is the almighty. He has all power, and he loves all of us. So we have a right now, and I believe an obligation as quote-unquote Christians to not judge anyone but to do our very best like Jonah, to go to people and say, there is hope, there is a chance for change, there is a way to make it through. So when you look at the hip hop culture, and if I had more time, I'd break out a whole bunch of other stuff and maybe one day y'all bring me back. But if I had, I mean, or come see me at my church sometime, trust me, it's, it's all good. We'll probably scare you for the first five minutes, but you'll get over it. <laughs> <laughs> but in all sincerity, it, our desire is to have such an influence, not only on hip hop, but on rock, and on country and western, everything. That we literally influence it so that people can see Christ in everything that we do. Y'all know that you're probably not the next American Idol. I hope not. And if I ever see any of y'all on there embarrassing Goshen, y'all better represent us. <laughs> I, how many of y'all watch that? Tell me, put your hand up. How many of y'all watch them? Don't lie, look at them. We're not supposed to be watching TV. We should be studying. Y'all been watching TV. We need to represent Christ. If you're never the next American Idol, represent Christ. If you're not the next big basketball player, represent Christ. If you're not the next great artist with a, a ceiling that's, you know, beautiful like Picasso or Michelangelo, represent Christ. And if y'all work with us, I promise you, the hip-hop culture won't destroy our society, but I believe we can have influence on it and change it. Thank you so much for allowing me to come today. You guys have a blessed day. Thank you, YPJ, for your words of inspiration. And I'm glad to know that you serve lunch every third Sunday. That's right, come and see. <laughs> if you'd like to hear more of YPJ and his group, FBC, along with Joanne Rosario, come tonight to Souter at 7.30 and have a wonderful time engaging the Lord in hip-hop culture. Have a good afternoon.